Hallelujah. I promise it's not all bad. It's not all bad. <laughs> Let us go before Almighty Yahweh with humble hearts as we seek his blessing. Almighty Yahweh, we give you thanks. We give you honor. We give you praise. And blessed be your name, King of the universe. We are living in some tough times, Almighty Yahweh. Many of us are being tested in different ways. We feel like we're on a boat. It's going back and forth, back and forth. So we want to try to find a balance, Almighty Yahweh, in this life. Whatever situations you give us, sometimes they seem bad. But if we take them as teaching lessons, we can bear good fruit. Almighty Yahweh, also like to say a special prayer for those brothers and sisters that have lost loved ones in these times, especially when they're ministers of yours. Um, you know, the ministers do a lot of work, and uh, we just thank you for sending, you know, brothers that dig in, Almighty Yahweh, put their life's effort into sharing your word, and uh, we thank you for uh, blessing all your people all around the world. We also ask a special blessing for those that are having a hard time getting around, but they still manage to make it to the assembly. And those that are suffering various illnesses, we know that there's still some viruses going around. But we, we trust in you, Almighty Yahweh, that you will heal us, and that you will deliver us. And we, we thank you. We can look to you for all things, even in our pain and suffering, we can find comfort in your word, and we can always think about the fact that we never suffered as Yahshua did. So we just thank you on this Sabbath day. We thank you for allowing us to congregate. Pray that you would bless the word being spoken, that it might be yours, that it might inspire us, Almighty Yahweh, to be better and to just continue to seek you each and every day and to encourage one another. All these things we ask through your son, Yahshua the Messiah, we say hallelujah, hallelujah. All right, well, I was, didn't have an icebreaker, but I figured I might share this. Uh, starting from the brothers downstairs, I went down there last week, and I saw all the hard work they do. In the back, we have the brothers that help with this PowerPoint, I'd like to thank the brothers back there, there's so many people to thank that, you know, you don't want to name names because you might leave somebody out. But any minister that, you know, works in this walk, you know, we have to thank them. You know, the world, they like to thank their military folks for serving in this country while the ministers are serving in this work. And sometimes, you know, just with the counseling alone, uh, you know, that could be hard on them. And we can never leave out the ladies, the ladies that hold, you know, the family. You know, when the elders out working or whatever, a lot of ladies here, you know, you do a lot for your husbands, but you also take care of the people in the assembly, indirectly. So basically wanted to, um, you know, thank everybody out there that, that does a lot of hard work, you know, also, you know, anybody that gets up here, too, it's not just the elders that get up here. Sometimes some of the brothers, we like to help them out, and uh, they definitely, you know, they need a break. So 
I titled this recipe for disaster because in this walk, there are certain things that we could do. And we talked about that in the study today. Everything just worked out perfect with the selections. When we get into the scripture study, everything matches with what Abba wants to teach us on this day. I looked up this word disaster, and uh, I also typed in a recipe for disaster to see if there was any sermons with the same title. A lot of times I'll pick a title, I'll type it in, and there's a whole bunch of sermons. I didn't find any, (laughs) so that was interesting. I was talking to somebody yesterday about words in the scriptures, talking to somebody about the Hebrew and the Greek, talking about going into the dictionary and looking up the words. You have a favorite scripture, look up the words. This word disaster... I looked it up in the 1828 Noah Webster's and also in the Merriam-Webster's, and it's interesting. Uh, One of the definitions is a Greek, a star, a word of unfavorable planet, misfortune, mishap, calamity, and unfortunate event, especially a sudden misfortune, as we met with many disasters on the road. Uh, to blast by the stroke of an unlucky planet, also to injure, to afflict. That's 1828 Noah Webster. That's an excellent tool. A lot of times it shares scriptures to back up the definition of the words. And uh, if you have one of those uh, study apps, you can get that on there. Also in the Merriam-Webster's, this one I found very, very interesting. Uh, Disaster has its roots in the belief that the position of stars influence the fate of humans, often in destructive ways. His original meaning in English was an unfavorable aspect of a planet or star. The word comes to us through Middle French and the old Latin word disastro, from the Latin prefix dis and Latin astro, meaning star. It says here, another unfortunate word that comes to us from astrological beliefs is ill-starred, now generally used in the sense of unlucky or having or destined to a hapless fate. Ilstar was originally used um, literally to describe someone born under or guided by an evil star. We also have star-crossed, meaning not favored by the stars or ill-fated. Very interesting. This is how some people believe, you know, as they go through their life, I find it pretty interesting. It says here, uh, Ilstar was originally used literally to describe someone born under or guided by an evil star. I didn't know there were good stars and evil stars out there. But this is the way some people think. This is the way, uh, you know, I think that's why Abba doesn't want us to get into that, uh, you know, astrology or whatever. But anyway, we're talking about recipe for disaster and I wanted to share some scriptures and uh, I was talking to Elder Allen we had uh, so many people here that they do different trades you know we have engineers truck drivers we have people that are into farming and it's pretty awesome because there are certain trades for instance farming is pretty awesome you learn more about the word because Abba speaks to those things You know, Abba, if he was down here, he would be a farmer. You know, a lot of the feast days, you know, have to deal with harvest and so on. And sometimes when we hear these scriptures, we don't really get them because maybe you grew up in a city 
uh, so you don't understand these things, but what happens to a home if the foundation is not level? I got a couple of questions. You don't have to be a builder to know the answer to that. I lived in a mobile home once, and I noticed when I first moved here, everything was like this. And over time, I saw I put a cup there, and I saw I just, I said, what's going on here? It's leaning to the side. So anyway, you ask most builders, what happens to a home if the foundation is not level? Disaster. That's what you get. So you go to Matthew 23 and 23, and Yeshua is speaking to the leaders there. He says unto the leaders, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done and not leave the other undone. So we have some bad Pharisees, we have some good Pharisees. Some of them were doing all these things that Yahshua mentions here. And some of them actually went to him and got close and personal because they had questions. You know, they saw the way uh, some of the Pharisees were, you know, carrying out their walk. And they said, you know, this, is, this doesn't seem right. So Yahshua says that they omitted the weightier matters of the law. So that's something for us to consider. You don't have to be a judge behind a bench to make judgment calls on certain situations. You know, you have family, you have friends. Um, we got to know who we hang with. We got to know who we share the truth with. Another question, what happens to our faith if we don't have balance? What happens to your faith? What happens to mine if we don't have balance? First Timothy 1.18, we have the Apostle Paul here. He took it upon himself to take Timotheos and also Titus under his wing. They were like his children. He calls them sons. But he tells Timothy here in 1.18, it says, This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them might war a good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck, of whom is Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. So we're in this walk, you know, maybe we're new, maybe we're seasoned veterans. You know, Paul is teaching Timothy. Timothy was seasoned in the word. It says there, you know, he got his teaching from his grandma and his mom. So he knew a little bit about what was going on, but he was young. So, you know, Paul had to encourage him not to let his age get in the way or people looking down on him. He always told them, you know, make sure you're doing the right thing so that when people look down on you, you know, they can't really talk bad about you. So here we have two instances over in Matthew and here in Timothy where individuals with knowledge neglected to put into practice certain parts of this walk. Yahshua rebukes the teachers of the law 
And Paul hands over to the adversary two individuals so they can learn a lesson. We don't want to fall into that category. You know, Paul actually said, you know, we have to put you aside for a minute so you can learn your lesson. Take you a nice little time out so that you won't blaspheme because blaspheming is a very serious issue. And who was Paul to make these calls? Who was he to, to put people out of the congregation? Well, Yahshua chose him. So if you have any problems with Paul, you have a problem with Yahshua because Yahshua chose him and taught him personally. Paul didn't learn from any of the apostles even though he was uh, skilled you know, in the letter of the law. And so what is the message for us in these scriptures that we read? Well, we must continue to work on putting into practice the very things regardless of how tough things get. Things are going to test us. People are going to test our patience. You know, our jobs are going to test our patience. Our family members are going to test our patience. It's a great thing to, to have family members in this faith. Some of us, we don't have that luxury. We don't have mom and grandma and grandpa, you know, brother, sister, cousin, none of that. It's just one out of a family that Abba chose. But then he replaced all those members that we lost with brothers that love us more than our own flesh and blood. Interesting thing about faith. I remember Elder Donald Mansager, he mentioned this once, caught my attention. Faith just so happens to be a gift as well as a fruit of the Spirit. So it works both ways, and you can't just say you believe, you got to back that up. You got to back that up. 1 Corinthians 5, as a matter of fact, mentions a person given over to the adversary so he can repent. And Paul actually chastises that congregation for not exercising righteous judgment. Later on, he seems to relate a message that they be merciful to this individual as it seems he repented. 1 Corinthians 5, we read there, it's interesting, uh, it seems to be that this chapter was, Paul uses the analogy of leavening during unleavened bread. 1 Corinthians 5, verses 1, on down to 3, and then we'll take another verse from that chapter. Uh, it says here, it is reported commonly that there is fornication among you, and such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles. That's how bad that was, that one should have his father's wife. And ye are puffed up, and have not rather mourned, that he that had done this deed might be taken away from you. For I verily, as absent in the body, but present in spirit, have judged already, as though I were present concerning him that hath so done this deed. I know for sure that some of you had people come to you and say, well, you got to judge me. Why are you judging me? Well, look at Paul right here. He wasn't even in the congregation, and he already judged that situation. He discerned between right and wrong. When you tell someone that they did something wrong, they get mad. You say, they say, you know, why you judge me? I'm not condemning you. What I'm doing is I'm instructing you, just sharing with you, you know, things that are right and wrong. We can do that. Children do that to grown-ups all the time. You're a hypocrite. You lied. 
They take things very seriously when you make promises. We all know that because we were there once. 1 Corinthians 5, verses 12 and 13. The Apostle Paul here. For what have I to do to judge them also that are without? Do not ye judge them that are within? But them that are without, Elohim judges. Therefore put away from among yourselves that wicked person. You have to make a judgment call. It's been done before. For instance, I put a scripture up there on Facebook. Seven things that Yahweh hates. Right? In Proverbs, I believe chapter 6. So there's seven things that Yahweh hates. That's just what it is. He abhors these things. Right? So somebody got bent out of shape. Why you got to post that? Well, one of them talks about pride. Are you a proudful person? You like parading your sins around town like you're something great. Well, Abba says he hates it. That's just what it is, as a matter of fact. And so, you know, you post these things and people want to know, are you directing that at somebody in specific? No, it's just that that's what Abba hates. And we're talking social media, so if you have a right to post, I have a right to post, right? And we can discuss things like gentlemen, right? Or like women. That's how, that's how you do in uh, social media. Like when we sit on the table afterwards and we enjoy our fellowship meal, right? We talk about different subjects. You know, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? What do you think about the current situation, you know? Funny how an alignment will do a lot for your car, won't it? Just like an alignment for your skeletal system will do a lot for us as well. Well, what, what was the Feast of Unleavened Bread all about? What, what was that for? What did Abba teach us through that feast? To get rid of leaven, right? So that's what we do. You go from unleavened bread to tabernacles, you don't stop getting rid of the leaven. What did Paul do here? He says, you know, do ye not judge them that are within? Is he talking about condemning? Do you not condemn people? No. When you put somebody out, you're not condemning them. You're doing them a favor. Because we've seen people that actually repent. We see people that actually are broken right now. People that are actually broken. They are sorrowful for things that they've done, things that they said. You know, it is weighing on them. That's the spirit of Almighty Yahweh working with you, trying to get you to walk in a different way. We know that the world, it has a lot of pools. The world is full of pride. The world is full of anger, frustration, animosity, all these things. We went through it in the study. If you have a carnal mind, there is no way that Abba can work with you. In pagan kings in the scriptures humble themselves. Not like any here, but with sackcloth and ashes and fast for three days. Can any of us do that? I know there's some people that are not able to fast, but, you know, do we do that? How, how about, you know, leaders in our countries, do they do that? Do they proclaim a fast? They see things getting out of hand. What do they do? So, for us, we can take time to pray for them. That Abba gives them guidance. That Abba gives them wisdom so that they won't be like Rehoboam and, and Jeroboam. They were given counsel 
And Rehoboam decided, no, I'm going to follow my buddies that grew up with me, and I'm going to be extra harsh on the people. Sure, that's going to win them over. Let's go over to 2 Corinthians 7. 2 Corinthians, this seems to speak to the situation in 1 Corinthians 5. Paul said that the man was doing things that not even the Gentiles do, but 2 Corinthians 7.12, it says, Wherefore, though I wrote unto you, I did it not for his cause that had done the wrong, nor for his cause that suffered the wrong, but that our care for you in the sight of Elohim might appear unto you. So we read that scripture, and we, there's a person that was left out there. If this man had his father's wife, well, then how do you think the father felt? That's his own son that did this. Right? So when he gets put out and he repents, everybody wins. The congregation wins. Why? Because they did what Paul told them to do. Put them out for a time. The father wins. The son doesn't continue to do these things. He repents. So repentance always works, you know, for the benefit of the body. Any little thing that offends Almighty Yahweh. We take it to him. We pray. And I remember way back in the day, uh, early 2000, when one minister, he said, you know what? Some things might take you 20, it might take you 30 years or even longer for you to overcome. When you think about the children that never got to see the light of day, that's a long time. But Abba is working with you. He's being merciful to you. I like to pray for discipline and balance. And in these times, a very simple prayer of Yahweh Thank you for my food and thank you for my clothes. Very simple. Because that's what it says in the scripture. If you're content with those things, you know, Abba's going to add more and more things to you. Because, you know, you show him that you appreciate it. Thank you for my mom and my dad that they try hard. And I want to share it with the young generation. A lot of times things will go over your head that are set up here. But I'll tell you this, appreciate your mom and your dad. Why? Because there are many children out there, they don't have daddy at home. Daddy's not home. Daddy is absent. He's gone. And daddy doesn't even know what his kids are doing. And we forget about the single fathers, too. There's a lot of single fathers out there trying to raise kids. You know, they don't have the mom there to nurture. They got to try to do all that. So I was passed on to this uh, person I love very, very much. He's, he was 50 years old when he took me in. I was 12 years old. Whatever, he was about, he was exactly 41 years older than me. He took me in. And uh, I was kind of embarrassed, you know, I shouldn't be in this situation. I got my mom, I got my dad, what's going on here? Well, you know, that brother gave me a lot of examples. First example he showed me was, is that he repented from a lot of things that he did. And he changed his ways. And when he saw me going astray, he said, no, come back here. Let me, let me talk to you. I know I'm not your dad. And, you know, I, I thought myself as being a rebellious kid because I love to tell him in his face, you're not my dad. And he would tell me, I know I'm not your dad, but I'm trying to take care of you. 
And so, you know, you get frustrated. It's hard times, but uh, appreciate your mom and dad. Learn from them the good things that they can show you. And remember one thing. You're going to grow up and you're going to have children. <laughs> you wouldn't want them to do those same things to you or even worse. Because that's the way that works sometimes. Look at Paul, the stuff he did, and then look at the stuff he suffered when he was in the faith. You know, he, he, he toughed it out like a true champion, but I'm sure a lot of times, just like King David, even the tough guys have to kneel and cry to Almighty Yahweh because Yahweh puts us in that situation to learn a valuable lesson. Yahshua never sinned, but he suffered the most. How could that be? Is that justice? He voluntarily came down, took the form of a man, and he never gave in. And he never gave up. And he loved Yahweh, and he loved his parents. He was in subjection to them. Talk about, you don't have to be an evangelist in this walk. Some of us would like to, but we can't all be evangelists. But you still have to witness. That's just... It comes with a package. One way or another, you have to witness. You can't go home, close your doors, and sit at home and do everything online. It doesn't work that way. You got to deal with people that don't like you. You got to deal with people that hate you. They don't, they don't want you talking about scriptures or anything that is good. That's just, you deal with it. You know, Especially if, if Yahweh forgave you a lot, you learn to, to love more. That's what it says. Some of us were out there. Some of us were uh, very harsh in our judgment. I was like that. I was very, very, extremely harsh. You know, and Abba had to, you know, humble me as an individual. Uh, over in First Peter chapter 3, verses 15 and 16, we're talking about Yahweh wants, he wants even scales, Right? If you're selling flour, if you're selling things like that, you put them on a scale. How about wants those things to be level? That's how he wants in our walk. He wants our faith to be like that. He wants us, you know, to take situations. And uh, I was reading somewhere, it says, you know, don't be so quick to pass judgment on somebody's situation when you don't have all the facts. That's what public opinion does. They put that little nice headline out there and you jump on it. And then you find out, oh, wait a minute, that's not how it was. First Peter 3, 15 and 16, it says, But sanctify Yahweh Elohim in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Fear that the things you say might or could be taken out of context. Having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you as evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conduct in Messiah. You go to help someone in good faith. You prayed about it. The person turns around and just talks evil about you. Can he take those words back? He can repent, but the damage is done. So it says here that we're to always, always be ready. 
On the flip side, though, Yeshua gives us another message. Peter says to always be ready to give an answer, but what does the master say? The master says, Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and rend you. I put here on the side, think about a wild boar. You know what a wild boar is? This is like a wild pig. This thing will tear you up, eat you for breakfast. So this is an interesting choice of words that Yahshua uses. Those who don't believe and scoff are called swine here. This is bad, right? So I bring this up because there are certain people that can care less about your beliefs, but then they still ask you questions. You know, I had a person come to me, ask me, oh, want to know this, want to know that. Why? He said, oh, because, you know, if people ask me, then I look like I know something. And I said, that's why you ask me about it? That's why you waste your time? You want that knowledge to do that with it? That's a shame. That's why Yahshua tells us here. You know, there was a person, too, that constantly, constantly using foul language. I said, I'm going to buy you a bar of soap. And he would say, why? I said, so I could wash your mouth with it. And then he would still continue. So a person like that, it says not to rebuke a scorner. So why would I talk to a person like that about Yahweh? They're not there yet. They're not ready. They don't want to know about Yahweh. So this is one of our examples. Didn't Peter say to always be ready to give an answer? But Yahshua says, choose your words carefully and choose who you give Yahweh's precious, you know, message to. Another situation, you know, I, I mentioned the name at first when I started out. I was real excited. I mentioned the name to this character. He started blaspheming the name. I said, oh, my goodness, what have I done? So I went to the side and I prayed. I said, Abba, can you please help this person forget what your name is? Sure enough, he comes over and says, hey, what's that name again? And I said, I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you anything. <laughs> forget that. Now, interesting uh, commentary on this passage. It says here, Give not, even when the beam is cast out of thine own eye, give not that which is holy unto dogs. That is, talk not of the deep things of Elohim to those whom you know to be wallowing in sin. Neither declare the great things Elohim has done for your soul to the profane Furious, persecuting wretches. You know, we were talking about that earlier. Some people you have to come to the terms with. You're supposed to love your neighbor as yourself. But, you know, come to the terms that that person that you, you just, you love that person, but they're just, you know, they're on a different path. Abba might not be calling them. So we have to stop wasting time trying to convert certain people. It is not for them to be converted right now. Yahweh is not calling certain folks. That brings us to the next passage we'll, that will back this up. Matthew chapter 13, verses 10 and 11. Matthew 13, verses 10 and 11. We're not trying to be better than anybody else. And we're not trying to condemn anybody. Some people 
you know, they take things the wrong way, maybe the way we said it. Um, and so a lot of times we get into these deep discussions just trying to tell people exactly what we meant. Mean what you say, right? Say what you mean. Matthew thirteen ten. And the disciples came and said unto him, to Yahshua, Why do you speak to them in parables? Why? And he answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. So stop trying to convert certain folks. They don't want to hear it. They just don't. That's how it is. One person, supposed to be he was a minister, and so, you know, he kept on throwing passages and mocking the word and everything like that. And I said, wow, this guy's supposed to be a minister? So I had to work with this person, and I said, you know what? Let's try something. How about we talk about something else, and we'll get along a lot better. Let's talk about sports. Let's talk about something else, something not controversial. We did fine the rest of the day, but when it came to the word, they just, some people have disagreements with, you know, how we walk because they think, oh, you're trying to be Jewish, like the Messiah wasn't Jewish, like the apostles weren't Jewish. And so all that is, is Yahweh's spirit convicting them that the way they're walking might not be all correct and that Abba is trying to reach them. But, you know, they, they, they want to, uh, you know, run. They don't want to face the fact that, wow, maybe everything my grandpa told me wasn't right. Maybe everything my parents told me wasn't right. As far as the scriptures, it might be a possibility. You know, that's why some worship on another day. Yahweh didn't say to worship on a certain day, right? He said the Sabbath, but people insist. And so... Here's my clincher for the day. One sure recipe for disaster is not acknowledging Almighty Yahweh as the creator of all things through his Son. There are some, these are ministers, they preach the word of Yahweh, but they don't believe in pre-existence. There are some, don't believe that the evil one went up into heaven, as it says in the book of Job. He was going back and forth. Sons of Elohim went to meet Yahweh. He said, where you come from? Oh, I'm just roaming around. And Yahweh spoke to him. Yahweh gives the evil one permission to punish people. That's how it works. He's the one doing his bidding. He cannot touch you if Abba doesn't give him permission. That's why Yahweh is king. That's why he's supreme. He reigns over everything. He allows this evil spirit to torture people, but his time will come to an end. So over in Hebrews chapter 1, in the future, Abba will take the scales from their eyes. They don't recognize Yahshua as the Messiah just yet, but they will. And so... In time. It took us time, right? Didn't it take us time to learn how to walk? Didn't it take us time to learn how to talk? So other people, they have a certain knowledge that we don't have. And Abba is going to bring them along. That's why we cannot brag, it says in Romans. We're going to study that. We cannot brag because we're in this. Because those of Judah will come later. They have one leg up on us. 
Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1 down to 3. Elohim spoke long ago in many parts, in many ways to the fathers by the prophets. In these last days he spoke to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world, who is the radiance of his glory and the representation of his essence, sustaining all things by the word of power. When he had made purification for sins through him, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. There's so many doctrines that we have to work through uh, when you think about it. Um, you know, this is like, like milk in some ways. And I had asked somebody, I know there's a newborn in the crowd, right? Um, I was listening to a teaching this morning from the brothers in Guravo, Puerto Rico. They were talking about spiritual immaturity. So you're a grown person, <laughs> you go over to the newborn, you take his baby bottle, and you start drinking from it. This baby going to say, what are you doing? That's my food. That's my sustenance. You notice that once you're grown, milk doesn't fill you up. You need some solid food. You need some solid teachings. We're still going backwards, teaching little preschool things, because that's where some people are at. So you can't teach calculus to a preschool student, just like a child. You can't give him strong food because he can't handle it yet. So that's where we're at. We're trying to decipher, you know, what level each of us is on. And we can speak to our situation. This is what happens with a lot of us. Sometimes we grow, you know, we're new, we're so happy, you know, we're eager. We want to teach everybody everything, but then you, you realize nobody wants to hear it. You, you keep coming across people, and they're like, no, nah, I don't want to talk about that. No, nah, I don't want to talk about that. So, you know, you get upset. You get sad, you know. But that's just one of those lessons. And look at what it says in Romans chapter 1 and verse 21. Talking about people that they don't acknowledge Yahshua as the son, they don't even acknowledge. Some of them, they don't believe that the house of Satan is out there. They just don't. It says, because that, when they knew Elohim, they glorified him not as Elohim. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. This is what happens you talk about recipe for disaster. When you talk about balance, not being balanced. Again, to all those chefs out there, all those brothers and sisters that cook up that yummy, delicious food for Shabbat and throughout the week. What happens when you go too far on one ingredient? You can either go too far with the salt or you go too far with the sugar. I did that once. I put too much salt in the rice. It's damaged. It's no good. You can't put enough sugar on it to balance it. And that's, and that's learning experience. You go too far with Yahweh's truth to the wrong people. You waste precious time that Yahweh has given you. Yahshua didn't do that. Yahshua didn't waste his time. He did everything the way Abba told him. At the time that he told him, he spoke when, you know, he, he spoke when Yahweh told him to speak. Other times, he didn't say anything. People came to him, they asked him questions. He's like, ah, I'm not going to talk to you. 
Why? Because if I told you truth about Yahweh, you wouldn't repent. So even Yahshua taught us that valuable lesson. That sometimes that's just, we have so many people that we know. I know of you, you all know a lot of people that you love them. They're part of your circle. You know, you have to visit with them one way or another. You have to work with them. And it's just not their time. So I say, you know, we deal with certain people from afar. Love your neighbor as yourself. For instance, you know, if there's certain things you don't like being done to you, don't do them to others, right? You know, you get a whole bunch of calls from salespeople trying to sell you a product. I'm sorry, I'm not interested. But they keep on. You say, listen, I'm not interested. It's the same way, the same situation. Hallelujah that Yahweh gives us, he gives us discernment. That's part of, you know, his nature to discern between right and wrong, good and bad. I cleaned on the too early, but I got two more scriptures for you if you want to turn to them. And these are comforting scriptures that Yahweh has given to us. Isaiah 28, 16. Isaiah 28, 16, talking about a, a master builder. When you see somebody going to erect a, uh, a project, they go down deep to the surface. They want to find that solid ground that you want to build your foundation on. Yahshua is that solid rock. Yahshua is that foundation. That's what we build on, on Yahshua's teachings. Therefore, thus saith the Master Yahweh, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. Just like we heard earlier, people are misled by that word believes. Oh yeah, well I believe in Yahshua. By you doing what he did, are you teaching what he taught? So he that obeys shall not make haste. And Luke 46, we'll close with Luke 6, 46 through 49. Yahshua plainly says... And why call ye me Adon, Master, and do not the things which I say? Whosoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house and dug a deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that hears and does not, it's like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth, against which the stream did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. You've seen those images of, uh, what is it, Yellowstone, that rushing river coming through there and just knocking houses out like no big deal, you know, and people have to suffer, you know. And so here we have a picture but when it comes to our faith, if we build on Yahshua, we got a sure foundation. So Yahweh and Yahshua and all those who have love for truth and their neighbor practiced a balanced approach. We cannot be harsh dictators or soft marshmallows in this walk. We have to do our best to be resolute while showing the love of Yahweh. May Abba continue to prosper our walk in Messiah. Hallelujah. 
Praise ye Yahweh, all ye nations. Thank you so much for your attention. You've been great. I hope that the message has inspired you. And may Yahweh bless you. Brother Jafar.